the force phd black belt of the sixth degree that rhymed what's going on brother <laughs> do -da, do -da. how you doing yeah man? i'm good brother yeah man uh good good times um, <laughs> aside from the world we're on the, yeah the world we're on the apart. coronavirus yeah uh, it's the uh it's the end of the world yeah so uh yeah you messaged me and um said we said yesterday we we're gonna talk again today we were uh we were halfway through or we were through some uh we we're talking yesterday you're telling some stories so uh figured why the fuck yeah. not, why the fuck not have them on again let's keep going so uh <coughs> shit man yeah where do you want to start right, so, so if i'm if i'm coughing and hacking and all right uh, it's not the coronavirus not the coronavirus and, uh, if it is, just move six we move back six feet from six, your, six from feet your from device you're good yeah. man yeah you're good <laughs> That's what they said, anyways. Um, yeah, so uh, a couple things. So let me kind of so get on a little rant, man. Yeah. Um, a rant man. I'm the rant man. Um, so, so I talked to my wife this morning. So what a lot of people out there don't realize is uh, my wife is Indonesian. And uh, I've known her now over six years. And uh, we actually just got married. I, we didn't really announce that to anybody for a lot of different reasons. But uh, I had a terrible marriage prior to that i mean it was horrible um it was i was and i'm still living a nightmare um anyways that's that's another topic about the legal system and the justice system but anyways um more importantly so um i was talking to my wife this morning and she's still in indonesia we live in bali we have a security company there um we provide explosive detector canines patrol dogs narcotic dogs for like the marriott properties mm -hmm. and some of the local venues mm -hmm. Anyways, so now there's a surge of coronavirus in Indonesia, right? So this happened probably within the last two weeks. They were, they thought they were corona-free, and all of a sudden, boom! You know, it hit like a hand grenade, and uh, and the curve for them, the bell curve, is like, you know, it's like a, an Apollo moonshot. It's straight up, man, and uh, for a lot of reasons because they have, first of all, they're they don't have the kind of hospitals we have in the West, right? I mean, they're third world. Um, I've been into some of them and, and it's like, holy hell, you know, yeah. no air conditioning, people sleeping on the floors, um, just bad, really bad. And, uh, it is what it is, you know, now there's a few hotels, there's a few hotels, huh? all those hotels might become hospitals, but, uh, some of the hospitals over there, they have a franchise out of Australia called Salome. Now those are the better hospitals, right? They are. You can just tell better doctors, better equipped, nicer, you know, m more what you would expect from Australia, right? Mm -hmm. But you're going to you're gonna pay a lot more, mm -hmm. and most Indonesians can't even afford that. It's kind of there for the wealthy and the expats that come yeah. over there. Um, <clears throat> so I ended up putting my wife in there last year um, with stage four kidney failure, okay. and uh, it cost us an arm and a leg. And unlike in the U.S., before you can leave the hospital, you have to pay your hospital bill. Literally, you have to pay it right there. And uh, they don't care how big it is. There's no such thing as installment payments or we'll bill you later type thing. In fact, even her insurance that she had been paying on refused to pay. Just refused to pay flat out. It just, no, nah, we're not going to pay. No, no, what are you going to do? Right? There's no there's no real justice system or legal system here. It's just, uh, it's everything is just, uh, I hate to say it, there's a lot of corruption, yeah. a lot of graft, you know, yeah. cronyism. Um, anyways, so where I was going with this was I was talking this morning about the virus and, you know, I'm constantly giving her updates and she's giving me updates. And the only reason she didn't come to the United States with me, what well, I came here for um, a couple of reasons. One, my daughter's on spring break. And uh, according to the custody agreement that, you know, our, our, our legal system granted me, you know, which by the way, they didn't do me any favors, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get, I get my, I see my kids, you know, basically five days out of the month it's just retarded for no reason Jesus, yeah. for absolutely no reason and yeah. uh and so anyway so but this is my year with her so i wanted to be back and spend that time with her and then uh, i had three training events all of them got canceled this month um and of course now i'm sitting in my house talking to you yeah so um <clears throat> anyways um she didn't come with me because we run the security business over there and the security business is kind of attached to the hip to the hotels there sure. because of what we do and some of the local venues and everybody's, you know, the tourist industry just flatlined and, uh, less than 10% occupancy in the hotels. In fact, now they have a travel ban to uh, Indonesia. So Jeez. nobody's coming here on vacation and, uh, everything is just dying in place. So you can't go literally. Home. Well, and I can't even go home at least for a month. The travel ban's in place for at least 30 days starting on the 20th. Um, 
and who knows, man, you know, how that's going to work out. It may be, I expect it'll probably be longer than that. And I'll just be sitting here, you know, on pins and needles, hoping that my family's okay over yeah. there. But yeah. my wife, the reason she stayed behind is several reasons. One, somebody's got to manage the business. Um, and right now it's, you know, we're, we're in the hurt locker as well because mm. of this, this situation. And, um, and so she's got to be ready to either react. I, I'm doing a lot of the business work here, response to the hotels and et cetera. But, uh, you know, we have an issue that if they just can't afford us anymore and say, get, come and get your canines off the property, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with yeah. an army of dogs, you know, oh, <laughs> and where am I going to keep them and feed them? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be catastrophic. And actually, she's going to have to handle that now. I've got... You know, I've got quite a few handlers. I got over 65 canine handlers, um, but they're all going to have to get the pink slip as well. You know, we Jeez. might keep some on board to, to help us manage the dogs that are left until we get that all sorted out. If it comes to that, which you know, that can go either way. Right now, I heard yesterday on the news, Trump is um, basically um, issuing possibly a third, uh, um, you know, a third package um, to you know, for he's already to the Air, airline industry, the hotel industry, individual you know citizens. So hopefully that will help the hotels and kind of uh, you know stop the hemorrhaging and mm. at least long enough until this thing turns around and saves my ass too. Mm. I hope. Anyway, yeah. so she, no, that's one reason she didn't come back. The other reason is she's actually suffered from late stage four kidney failure from over the counter medicine. Um, again, this is the Indonesian medical system. They gave her drugs and did not properly um, or define. Uh, you know really kind of defined what's the uh protocol for the drug and uh, she was actually taking more than she was supposed to which put her in a chronic kidney failure almost lost her last year um she's recovered but her kidneys are still you know a train wreck and they'll never uh never reverse the damage so she's kind of vulnerable um i don't want to expose her to anything where she will have to take antibiotics yeah. you know because they could uh it, it could kill her so yeah. so i got this issue now and now i'm trapped on this side of the world and she's on that side of the world so um anyways with all that said she was telling me this morning um you know that over in indonesia the indonesians are protesting you know they're asking the government hey man how come you know can we get you know get some money to help us out here you know and uh you know because the, the average indonesian all right so get ready for this the average indonesian makes about 200 to 250 dollars a month that's their monthly income that's average okay um that's the minimum that's their average income dude i know that why because i pay salaries yeah. okay um and i that's what they that's that's average i should pay mine above average on most of them um so <clears throat> that's one thing too most indonesians they live day to day basically whatever they go out and do that day for work and make money that's what they live and eat off of right so it's not like well i got a check coming in at the end of the month yeah. you know and i got this big savings account no absolutely not most of them are street vendors they sell food on the street street a lot of that going on yeah. over there different uh, you know menial jobs um you know it's just day to day you know that's it man if you don't get a job today you may not be eating today unless you saved your money from yesterday right type thing so the government's not going to give them checks because our the indonesian government's not rich they're not like the american americans right they can't afford it but they can't either they can't quarantine them either because mm. how are you going to quarantine people that really live day to day, day, day right to make their to feed themselves you're not going to give them money to subsidize them yet you can't quarantine them either, so they can't go out and work. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. And so, um, so that's the you know that's where they're at with that right now. And then she told me also all the food. So the food is now three times the normal cost. All the price gouging has begun, right? Everybody's just you know, I mean, you're taking yeah. a, taking advantage of the situation, right? So, yeah. and Indonesians are not uh, they're you know just like i said again it's they, they have a terrible judicial system um it's hard to do anything to prosecute people unless you're on the a big company they'll yeah. go after you like hyenas in yeah. because they can get paid but they're not going to mess around you know they're not going to mess around the guy that makes 250 dollars a month yeah. to help you out right yeah. and, so, and uh and they're not going to go after the small little food chains that you know are gouging people you know yeah and charging three times the price so it's, it's just a bad situation all the way around and luckily she already went out and you know she had quite a she, she actually stockpiled quite a few noodles and every day you know she's got some on reserve but basically her and the kids go out and they 
go eat that day, you know, local on local economy. And, basically, and by the way, in case anybody's wondering what it costs to eat there, um, literally I can eat a, feed a family of five on the Indonesian economy, basically eating Indonesian fare for about $5, literally the whole family. Holy um, it's, shit. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, so kind of, you know, put, kind of puts everything in perspective a yeah. little bit, the scale, right? So um, she's there, I'm here, and uh, I told her just, uh, we have a house over there, and it's surrounded by an eight-foot wall. Uh, everything's walled in over there, all the residents, they all have walls. We have about an eight-foot wall, and uh, we got an army of uh, Belgian Malinois on the other side of it, you know, pool security, and I got some hard-hitting, man-eating canines. Yeah. And uh, so she's pretty safe, even though there's no firearms over there, at least not the good guys. The bad yeah. guys have them, and yeah. the cops have them, but not the good guys. Um, their weapon of choice over there is machetes and knives, man. And so uh, I actually had a guy take a swing at my dog with a machete and he missed, and uh, he paid dearly for that. <laughs> but uh, uh, so anyways, um, so that's the, that's the situation. And we were talking about it. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, you know, what's really amazing is in this country, you got people complaining that the $1,000 check that they're going to get from Trump isn't enough or – you got others on the right going, oh, that's bullshit. That's socialism, yeah. and I'm not going to accept a thousand dollar check, you know. And you know, they, they what, like, are you, you, in, oh my God, man. Yeah. I mean, where's the such ingratitude, man? It's like you're spoiled ass Americans, man. Yeah. Either way, you're a spoiled ass American because I just, just, I just painted a picture of life in Indonesia. And by the way, it's not just Indonesia. Okay, it's the Philippines, it's Thailand, it's Malaysia, all right? It's a lot of these Southeast Asian countries. Okay, yeah. they're in the same boat and they're on the same uh, income level, economy level. And, uh, and, and they're looking at, what am I going to do if I get sick? There's no hospital going to yeah. take care of me. I'm on my own, yeah. right? And so I'm not going to get money from the government. You know, the, you, you're literally on your own and you're unarmed. You're unarmed, except for my wife. You know, she's like I said, she's got a. We got an army of canines, man. Yeah. That you know, nobody's. You're not getting in the wall without a fight. That's yeah. for sure. Um, and we're kind of isolated too, which is kind of good and kind of bad. You yeah. know, um, you got to make a get a running start to get to my house. And uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, so you know, I I, I was really kind of thinking about that. I was like, man, you know, and I and we got Americans here that are going. To, you know, and even the Asian scratching their heads, guy. What they're going? What is up with the toilet paper? You know, it's like yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're just like, just completely like, what? Why? I mean, yeah, you why? are that spoiled and that rich that you got to go get some damn shit paper because you think you're going to run out. I mean, that's your priority in life. And then the other side of it is, you look at all the gun scores, okay? You have long lines around the building, people going to buy guns and ammunition. And then you got basically anti 2A gunners, uh, you know, now, or anti 2A, you know, yeah. um, protesters out there going, hey, 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 bud, can you, can you sell me a gun? What's what a good gun? Yeah. Right? They're trying to buy them online. Figuring out, hey, it, it actually doesn't work. You can't buy them online, right? Yeah. And so they're out there doing the same thing. Right? And all of a sudden, everybody needs guns everybody, now. Yeah, everybody's you know? pro-gun now, yeah. Yeah, and so what you have here is, you know, I mean, even, even you know, Stevie Wonder can see this. You've got the predators <laughs> and the prey. you got the prey going out there and freaking hoarding their toilet paper, you know, the, the herd mentality. And then you got the predators out there that are going, they're getting their weapons and ammo because they're expecting, you know, they're expecting the worst. Yeah. And uh, and now you're getting some um, woke, yeah. woke liberals going, hey, I think I better get a gun too, right? Yeah. They're starting to go, okay, okay, wait a minute, you know? Yeah, okay, it's, so, just, it's, it's getting weird, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just find it, you know, I just find it ironic, man, you know, and, and I, and as an American, I'm actually very embarrassed, um, about this because, you know, and then I've got, you know, and then I've got a bunch of expat friends that are in Indonesia, you know, Australians and Brits and others. And, uh, they're constantly, you know, gouging me and my American partner about, you know, USA and our guns. Right. And, uh, what do you need guns? The same argument, right? What do you yeah. need guns? And uh, I'm like, man, if you can't see why you need a gun today, yeah, you're just a, you're just another lemming. You just yeah. might as well follow the herd right over the abyss, man, yeah. because that's yeah. where y'all were going, yeah. man. It's... You know, and they just don't get it, man. And so I look at that and I think about it. And it's like, and these are some of these people are really smart people, and I'm like. You can't be that goddamn smart, man. If that's how you're thinking, you know, um, where's your survival imperatives? And so I'm just kind of like, you know, it, it really comes down to at the end of the day, man, um, you know, people are, you know, the Roman Empire, man, you know, said, okay, let's do this. You know, they, they had the Senate and said, okay, we're going to, 
we're gonna we're gonna entertain the dumb masses with bread and circus as mm-hmm. long as they're in there watching you know the gladiator fights and we're giving them free bread and entertain them they're not they going to pay attention yeah. to what the government's doing and you know and that was ultimately their downfall okay and that's actually what we're doing now i have been doing it for a long time right our bread and circus you know it's free cell phones it's welfare it's all this other crap you know it's mtv you know it's 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 um you know, identity politics, everything to keep people from focusing mm-hmm. on the real issue, man, and what's really going on, and really analyzing critically the, the things that are important, right? Mm-hmm. And so they, they put all this superficial shit out there to kind of distract us, um, and most people just bite into it because yeah. they're lazy. They don't want they don't want to hear about it. You know, they 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 have the herd mentality, man. That's yeah. just follow the herd, let the herd do the thinking for me, and I just go along and. You know, put my head down, eat some grass, raise my head and sniff an ass and, you know, just walk along with the herd, man. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that is the majority of not just Americans, but the world. Right? Yeah, the see, I see that in Indonesia. I see that everywhere I go, you know? And, uh, and this is why politicians and these cult leaders are so powerful and so effective because they understand the human condition. Yes. They got this figured out, man. Oh, they yeah. know the psychology. They figured out the puzzle. And they know the how puzzle. to manipulate, you know, oh, manipulate people. Out. Exactly. You know, and anybody that's got, you know, will challenge them, they're quick to either, you know, dismiss them as an outlier or, you know, crush their nuts, man, you know, any way they can and get you out of, get you out of play. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, I just thought I'd share that with everybody. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, this virus, okay, it's got a mortality rate probably less than 1%. And, uh, you know, what's more dangerous than this virus is the response and yes. reaction by the people. Yes, that's what's really, because what they have done. You have nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah, they've, they've killed a lot of businesses. They've put a lot of people out of jobs. They're estimating maybe 20% unemployment. Um, they have, with their own naivety, their gullibility, their stupidity, and I'm not going to give them a pass. I'm not. You know what? If you're an adult. Um, you have the you have the moral responsibility to learn, okay, mm-hmm. and to be a better you and understand the world you live in, not just for yourself but for your brothers and your sisters. And if you're not doing that, you know what? You're a liability, and you deserve everything that comes to you. That's my opinion about it. Yeah. But um, you know, it's um, you know, this the end of the, the end of the day, man. The damage that people have done to each other will be greater than the virus will ever have done, right. ever. A million man. times and, over. Know, and then, and then the same people, man, these same toilet paper hoarders and, and all these others out there that have cre- helped create this situation, because they have, uh, they have created, they, they are enablers, man. Um, at the end of the day, they're enablers. What they have done is enable this situation to go way south super fast. And what they're going to do at the end is go, hey, what about me? Now, now that everything's recovering, I, I need some compensation. I need some, you know, I need something back, man, you know, and... Uh, and then, you know, and, and then I didn't want you to care for them and feel sorry for them. And, hey, you know, I should, you know, was it wasn't my fault, you know. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was your fault for being stupid and yeah. not having the right mindset from the outset, you yeah. know. And even now I'm looking at the news and all these spring breakers, man. I mean, there's it's tons insane. of spring breakers. It's insane. You know? They're all down in Panama City like nothing. Just fuck to- it. Yeah, totally irresponsible. Totally irresponsible. That's a millennial mindset. Yeah. Okay. There's no. There's no personal accountability responsibility. They think, ah, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah, you're right. You're probably not going to die because of your age group. But, but think about all the other people you put at risk. You off, potentially, you? Yeah. by proxy, can kill other people. Yeah. And you should take that responsibility. Shame on you. That's the problem with millennials. Yeah. You know what? And I heard somebody say one time, well, we can't blame millennials um, for their mindset because, you know, it was, that's how they were raised by their parents and, you know, the generation mm-hmm. before the generation before we created this, uh, we created this freaking monster. Um, and I, you know what? I argue with that and I say, no, not no, but hell no. You know what? If you're an adult, you're over 18 years old, you graduated high school, you're old enough to vote. Yeah. You're, you're, you're old enough, to make, you're you're old enough to make decisions. You're an adult. Right? And so, you know what? If you make that choice, you got no one to blame but yourself. You're you're ultimately responsible. And uh, people used to hate that. I used to teach. I was a professor at Henley Putnam University. And um, I teach to teach several different courses. But one of my taught was psychology of violence. And whether you're a creationist or an evolutionist, you know, God said, you know, at some point, you know, usually when you're a teenager, um, that, you know, you're responsible for your ways, right? You can no longer blame, you know, yes. you can no longer resort to childish ways, so to speak, you know, and from an evolutionary standpoint, there's some point where you, when you grow old enough to breed, 
Okay, I think, yes. and you're old enough, you know, in our case, eight, you, when you're 18 years old, okay, you're already old enough to breathe long before that, yeah. but at least by the time you're 18, okay, you're making, you're, you're empowered to make rational decisions yes. and life choices, not only for yourself, but for everybody else, right? You can go vote, and your vote at the age of 18, if enough of you come together, it could affect me at my age and, and my life and my freedom and my children's freedom, right? That's a, that's a huge responsibility, and... And that's uh, and it's never considered. I guarantee you, millennials don't consider that crap. Mm-hmm. Most of them people don't consider it. It's like bread and circus, man. What am I getting today? What's on TV? Where's my mm-hmm. Where's my cell phone? Where's yeah. you know, you know, where's my likes on Facebook page? You yeah. know, um, you know, what's that? Me, 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 me. You know, yeah. that's what they're thinking. You know, and uh, that's and, gonna be the downfall and, and, to our country. And now um, that's it, actually yeah. that's actually why they're playing on TV right now. And and fortunately. Fortunately, I know all the Trump haters out there. You're gonna, eh, eh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah, well, you know what? He'll probably go down as the greatest president ever after this, um, because I guarantee you, he's gonna pull us out of this nosedive. Um, we already hit the bottom. Now he's just gonna pull the yoke up, and we're gonna go it's... back up. And he's gonna recover. We're gonna recover. Um, maybe bigger and better than ever before. You know what? And this whole thing about Obama trying to take credit for this uh, economy, well, he's just gonna zero that out because yeah. when he comes back and recreates the business company, goes to see, hey. Did you do this, Obama? Hell yeah. no. You know, he, this is Trump's 9-11. This is far worse than whatever Obama ever, yeah. you this know, is... or even Bush inherited, man. Yeah. And uh, and I guarantee you that guy's going to pull out. He's already showing, man, his, you know, his leadership. And, uh, you know, and I support him a thousand yeah. percent. But, yeah. you know, there's going to be all the haters out there, you know what? And you can be a hater if you want. Matt, in fact, if you listen to this, just, just get out of here yeah. right now. I don't, you know, you know, we're not even in the same camp. And uh, <laughs> because uh, you... you you know, I look at it, you know, I am kind of a tribalist and, and I have very strong opinions now. I used to not really put them out there, but today I, I don't mind doing that because I'm just kind of sick of being sensitive to everybody yeah. that's a snowflake yeah. and, and trying to understand your position. It's like, you know what, um, you know, you know, th- there's moral imperatives that I live by and, uh, and, and most people are not living by that. And so, you know, if you're not living by my moral imperatives, we're not in the same, uh, we're not in the same camp. So yeah. anyways, I was uh, moving on. Oh, I was going to say, uh, no, no, that was, that was beautiful. I was going to say, no, this is, um, this is, uh, this is, this is Trump earning is, uh, this is where he's going to have to prove it. You know, I was, I was thinking back to, you know, I'm from New England. So, you know, God damn it. Tom Brady left, left the Patriots. Um, but I was going to say, you know, he can go and win a million Super Bowls, but the real Super Bowls are where he comes back from being down 28 to three and he comes back and wins. That's right. So it's, That's right. you know, you Trump, you can, you can have that skyrocketing economy for the first three years, first term. Now it's like, okay, you just got punched in the face. It's like, how do you react? Is now yeah. you have coronavirus. No, he, didn't, he didn't get punched in the face. He got hit in the head in the, in the back of the head with a baseball bat. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming, right? Well, that's what, that's what, it's like 9-11. Yeah. It's, it wasn't something where yeah. it's like, you fucked up and this happened. It's like, dude, no one foresaw box cutters and the World Trade Center. Yeah. It's like, exactly. It's so now it's like, now it's time to like flex nuts, yeah. you know, grab your balls. And But I, I think I was going to say is um, what you're saying about, yeah, everyone kind of looking around and just walking off the cliff with everyone else. Um, Curtis LeMay, you know, famous Air Force general behind strategic air command he used to say to his kids he'd be like i'm not going to give you a heads up if i think nuclear war is coming he's like because that's operational security someone could get to you and that could you know that could that could um jeopardize our, our nation and our continuity of government but what he did, so he used to say to him he's like i expect you to look i expect you to learn and i expect you to listen he'd say that to his kids and wife and he'd be like pay attention he said you read you watch the news, or I guess radio. You listen to the news. Look in the newspapers. Watch stores. He's like, pick up these traits. He's like, you don't need me for this. He's like, you will, you will see when war. What was that? He was um. He's like, you will see when war is coming, by just paying attention to how society is shifting. And yeah, that's what he used to say to him. What's that? Yeah. What's that noise? Is there a noise in the background? Yeah, Larry. Yeah, yeah, it's coming, yeah, it's coming through loud. Um, yeah, no, he, my roommate crunching ice. No, it's all, it's all right. Yeah, no, but that's what that's what uh, that's what Curtis LeMay used to say. He'd say, "You look, you listen, you learn, you pay attention," and he'd said, "And when the time comes, you'll know what to do." Say, so, because if I t- if I tell you what to do, and you know you're coming with me to the nuclear bunker, he's like, "You're never gonna learn. When I'm gone, you're not gonna know what to do." Said, so, "You yeah. look, you learn, you listen." That's, I mean, that's fucking. Secretary of the Air Force, you know, he'd say that to his yeah. kids. He'd say, "Look and learn. You're not getting a heads up from yeah. me." 
Um, yeah. And we, and we didn't get a heads up for this, you know, it's, no, no, it, it is what it is now. It's, you know, it comes down to, uh, you know, it, you know, survival, man, we can either work together and we're not going to work together. Some of us are going to work together and then there's always going to be the outliers out there that are going to go against the grain. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, you know, we have the enemy within, you know, I, I'd mentioned yesterday that, uh, you know, in fact, I got a video of it now, the guy arrested up in, um, up north that worked for yeah. the Kim Bio Lab that uh, was uh, basically working for you know, Chinese agents in Wuhan and smuggling viruses over there. I hope they take that guy out and execute him, man. Um, yeah. he, he needs to die a slow death, yeah. but you know, for what, he, for what he did, man. And he got a lot of money. Not only did he get a lot of money from the Chinese, he actually got a lot of money from, uh, what is it, NIH, uh, National Institute of Health, uh-huh. and I think DOD and others for you know working on you know different projects and stuff like that and, and experimental stuff so man this guy is a total piece of shit and um you know what man they, he needs the death penalty for what he did but that was ultimate the ultimate treason and subversion and what he has done i think he's probably somewhere in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing mm-hmm. and probably had a hand in it he needs to be held to account i mean the serious account um, I mean, he needs to be drugged through the mud for a long time, you know, and then slowly freaking waterboarded to death, man. I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> do you think think they're going to send in, think think uh, they're going to send in uh, some OGA guys? Think we're going to go get them? No, nah, they already got them. FBI's got them, man. Oh, they already sure. arrested them. Because I have the bladder of a 90-year-old man with diapers. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> All right. So, um, All right. yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, what I want to do is um, somebody asked me one time, um, how did I get my PhD and my doctorate degree and, uh, how and why? So I kind of want to explain that real quick. Some people are asking out there. All right. So I've got a master's degree in business and organizational security management. I've got a bachelor's degree in in education. Um, but I got my, um, postgraduate degree and it's really nature called naturopathy and that's alternative medicine, Mm -hmm. natural health. And so when I, the reason I got it was, well, when I was very, um, interested in longevity. How do I live longer, yeah. eat healthier, live healthier? You know, I wanted a more healthier mindset, mind, body, spirit type thing. And, um, but before that happened, what actually led me down that road. So I'm gonna give you a little story. So I worked for, you know, I worked for, we'll say OGA and what, what ended up happening was they sent me to a course, an in-house course up, uh, actually in the New Hampshire area. And it was a one week long course on riding horses, packing mules, things like that. Everything you ever need to know about riding horses in combat, right? Um, the theater movie, 12 strong. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of a cool boondoggle training. I get paid and get to go yeah. ride horses and stuff. Right. So I went up there and, and it was pretty cool. It was, you know, it was a small group of us and, uh, you know, we learned everything you can learn about a horse. We had a veterinarian there teaching us about veterinarian stuff, you know, um, feeding, maintenance, you know, how to change the wool. Oh, yeah, you don't change the wool for horses. Um, and it's, it's stuff like that. And then, you know, basically how to ride a horse, mm-hmm. you know, saddle horses, so forth and so on. And so it was kind of a cool time. And um, now I've got a very uh, deep um, background in canines, right? I've been training canines for over 41 years. So I understand pack mentality. And so I was very intrigued with the horses because now we're talking about a prey animal and herd mentality. And, but there's a lot of similarities, right? And so, um, I was very intrigued with this whole thing. So we go through this course and the first thing I noticed about these horses, we had horses ranging from the age of six years old to 32 years old. Right. And, uh, Oh, that's interesting. You know, 32 is like, man, he's like in his like nineties, hundreds compared to human beings. And, uh, so we, you know, we started packing the horses and riding them. And, you know, and one of the things I kind of noticed was the horses, the older horses were keeping up with the younger horses, no problem, through the mountains as we were riding all the time. I was like, okay. And there was really no difference other than superficial, you know, differences like scarring, you know, wear and tear on the outside of the older horse because of just time. But, you know, the muscle tone was almost the same. I mean, it was the same. I couldn't tell the difference, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, they seem to keep, have the same stamina, could go the same distance, even though the old horse was still able to sprint, you know? And, uh, and so that kind of intrigued me. I thought, man, well, how is that possible? And so I started looking closer at it and I'm like, okay, you know, what are they eating? I'm looking at their diet. Okay. They're eating, drinking water. They're eating raw veggies. Um, and they're exercising, you know, pretty much it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> water, veggies, and exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Good trio. <laughs> and so, and, uh, and then I asked myself, why can't a horse live so long 
you know, and, and live really still being a, you know, high performer. How can you live so long and then just drop dead and die? Whereas we as human beings, man, you know, we need all kinds of stuff to hold us together into mm-hmm. our, into our older, you know, into our golden years, so to speak. You know, we're, we're strung out on all kinds of drugs and meds and, you know, other types of ancillary care to keep us going. And uh, when I was out there with the horses, so what was interesting is we actually had two horses die out there. Hmm. Now, um, the first one that died was the old, really old horse, right? And uh, he was doing good, man. He had no problem. And then one day we're sitting, I'm watching him, and he just kind of looked like he wasn't doing too. Cause he started throwing up, and and he just didn't look happy. And uh, I was like, "What's going on with you know, old boy over there?" And then he started getting really loopy, and to the point where you might, he, he had to been a lot of pain because he would literally walk through an electrified fence. You know, and it shocked the hell out of him. It just didn't even phase him. He just walked Holy right shit. through, like whatever. You know, and uh, he, he would go down to his river and walk around the river and drink and just kind of stand there in a stupor, you know. And we'd bring him back to the pasture. And he would just kind of, you know, he was out of it, man. And uh, so we thought, Jesus. And uh, you know, we need to, you know, we need to address this, right? So here's a kind of a funny story. All right, so so earlier in the week when we trained with the veterinarian, a couple questions came up. One of the questions came out, hey, if you had to kill one of these horses, how would you do it? You know, and the veterinarian are like, you're like, ha, you'll never have to do that, but if you had but, to, yeah. you know, and so, you know, you draw an X from the ears down to the eyes, right? And then you shoot them in the center of the X, right? And uh, brain shot. Yeah. That should get the job done. Oh, okay, cool. And then I come along with my question. It's like, well, you know, like in canines, especially uh, dogs like German Shepherds, um, they have a condition called bloat. Okay, actually, it's called torsion in horses. I didn't know that, but basically, that's where the stomach spins on its uh, on its axis on both ends, and you seals up the ends, uh, and then it becomes like a, a balloon, right? It starts filling up with gastric acid, and uh, and then it ruptures, right? It's very painful, and if you, if you don't fix it, it's it's, it's fatal. Uh-huh. And uh, and the, usually that happens after you feed a dog like a German Shepherd, and and you let him run. Um, he could, from the running motion, spin that his belly around Jeez. on that food and vanish, you know, and then you got a major issue. So I asked her, you know, I said, well, when's the best time to feed a horse? Can you feed a horse before you go out on a ride or should you wait till the afternoon ride and then feed him? You know, I brought the issue. She said, ah, you know, they call that torsion, but no problem. You can feed the horse anytime. He, you know, he'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. But if he does, you know, he does come down with torsion, you know, this is what to look for. And then. She gave us, um, I don't know what they were, some type of salts in a package, right? She goes, just pour some of this in a bucket, give them the water, you know, and, uh, and you know, he should kind of feel better about it. And I'm thinking, well, damn, if this belly spun around the axis, I don't know how that's going to, yeah. you know, unravel itself just by giving them something to drink. Yeah. I don't know that's going to work, right? So, um, but that was her solution. I was like, okay. So, sure enough, this happens with this horse. And, uh and we, we could tell he's like in really bad shape, you know, and we're no, there's no help going to be able to come and help him where we were at up in the mountains. So we tried the old water bucket salt thing and it was funnier than shit because we set the bucket down in front of him, kind of put his nose down in it. Dude, he just went ballistic. I mean, ape shit, right? Bucking and kicking. Oh, and holy shit. hell. Oh, you know, he just lost his freaking mind. And, uh, and so finally, <clears throat> um, you know, we uh, were like, okay, and he, and he finally died. Was, make a long story short, he just kind of died. And I thought, well, you know, I guess if you got to go out, you know, at that age, you know, you kind of went out with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of glory, yeah. you know, a little bit of you know, spunk to him. But uh, you know, it was kind of sad to see him go out. But you know, it was his time. Uh, he was lucky to live that long and and uh, enjoy his last few moments with us. Yeah. Walking through the mountains. <laughs> no. But anyway, so so I was always amazed at that. And then we had a second horse that was really cool, a little six-year-old filly. And uh, everybody liked her, man. She was like a cool little horse. And, and she had this one male horse that uh, she would fall around. Now, this male horse, he was just an asshole, right? He was the bully. Um, you know, and, and he wa- and they had horseshoes on. And he would walk around. She would follow him, and he liked her, right? They were like buddies, you know. And, and he, he harassed all the other horses, but he never harassed her. In fact, anybody that rode him, he'd basically dump you off the horse, too. You know, he was just, just, a, he was just a, a prick. Yeah. And, uh, he was really nice to his little girlfriend. And uh, so on the last day of training, we're sitting there literally doing an after-action review, you know, high-fiving each other. We're feeling good about we spent the week riding the horses. And, you know, and they're out in the paddock, you know, in the grass, you know, grazing, you know. It was really scenic, you know. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting in chairs and feeling, drinking a beer and, yeah. you know, getting our critique. And I look out there and they're they're out there munching. And I look over back. And then I look back out. And as soon as I look back out, I'm like, 
Yeah, the little filly's laying on her side. What's wrong with her? That don't look right, right? She's laying, oh, laying yeah. on her side. It's like holy shit. And she was just there with the big horse, yeah. the, the you know her sugar daddy. And uh, and so <laughs> so we go out there. And what happened was apparently she walked up behind him and grazing, and uh, you know him always being gun shy the way he was and figured something was going up his ass. He just started shooting first and then and then asking questions later. Well, he kicked her right between the running lights oh, with uh, you know with his hoof. And, the, and those horseshoes and literally crushed her skull man Holy i mean between her shit. eyes i mean just caved in her skull man and put her down and she wasn't dead though oh. so we got there and we're like holy cow she's still alive but it's like man you know brains are sticking out you know mm. she's still breathing you know and still still fun, you know moving she can't get up she's not you know she's out of her mind and uh and we were just kind of like amazed like holy cow man you know could you imagine if you got kicked by that horse and so now we got a dilemma. It's like, well, what are you going to do? It's like, well, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, unless anybody hears a brain surgeon yeah. and thinks they can do some kind of field surgery on this horse, yeah. I don't think so, yeah. right? So now we're down to, okay, well, we're going to have to kill this horse, right? Yeah. And so and I'll never forget. So I asked this one guy, anybody got a gun? Goes, yeah, I got, I got two guns in my truck in my car. All right, so go up there and get the guns. And, uh, and so... I'll go get him. Go get him. Up now he's got a nine millimeter and he's got a um, what he had a nine millimeter and a twenty-two. A nine millimeter and twenty-two, right? He comes back with just the twenty-two. I go, dude, seriously? You got a nine millimeter? You brought the twenty-two back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it'll do the job. Why don't you just make sure you do the job? Because a nine millimeter, yeah, right? Yeah, get it done. Shit, right? So he's like all excited and stuff, and he's drawing X's across the horse's head. Now the horse actually started running on his side in a full gallop. I mean, I've never seen nothing like that. He didn't wasn't on his feet running. He was on his side in a full sprint, just just I mean, as fast as your horse could possibly run. It's like, where the fuck is he going on his side, right? But well, he ain't going nowhere. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's just reflexes at that point. And then as you know, a few minutes went by, five minutes went by, he starts slowing down and slowing down, slowing down into this like gallop, you know. And I just felt really bad so for him. Kill it. Once, yeah. once he kind of slowed it down, I was like, okay, get this thing done. Yeah. So. My buddy draws the X and uh, dummy, but he wasn't. A, he's not a shooter. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a shooter. He was a combo guy. But uh, so he goes over there and he's all behind the barrel up, and then he pulls the trigger and he basically yokes the trigger and dips the barrel and and misses the X and shoots the, dog, the horse in the sinuses. Right. And so oh, now the sinuses blow up and there's shit flying everywhere. Right. Jesus. It's like oh, even worse. Oh, right. And uh, the horse kind of stunned for a second. And he's like, yeah, I think that did it. And I go, no, that didn't do it. The thing's still alive. I had to follow the chest. <laughs> do it again. He goes, no, no. I said, do it again. Uh -huh. you know, we went back and forth, and finally he shot him again and got it over with. But uh, So we lost two horses that Poor day, horses. and the owner of the horses, when he found out, he lost his shit. It's like, what are you guys doing with my horse? You know, you he just didn't understand what really happened. And, you know, and we're just like. Leave <laughs> you guys alone for a week, comes back, two horses are dead. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you going to tell the guy, man? Yeah. You know? So, um so that's how I kind of got into it. So that it really interests me, and that's how I started pursuing my doctorate. Now, I'll be honest okay. with you, man. You know, it, look, my doctorate is actually I do use it now for coaching. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, yeah, it took me a couple of years to get it. Um, you know, most doctoral programs are you know off campus. You know, you do self study type things. You know, and so it took me a couple of years, and then um, when I got what I got, you know, it's. You know, some people call it, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. You, you know, it's you like, might oh, it's not a real doctor. I, mean, I don't give a shit if it is or not. It's supposed to be I need all the hey, work. Dale, uh, your, your, you microphone's, your microphone's crunched up. Okay, you hear me now? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're good. Okay, what part did I leave off on? Oh, no, yeah, no, I okay. can hear it. It was, just, it was just a little muffled. Keep going. You're good. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so um, anyways, it is what it is. And um, that's what kind of got me interested in it. And it was really from my own personal knowledge on how to be, you know, how to live healthier and increase my longevity and my performance. So that's become a big part of my performance coaching um, is the physical fitness side of it, the nutritional side of it, the diet side of it, the, the mental side of it. And you're laughing, man. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, I got something on my face. Well, no, <laughs> so, I, was, I was nodding. Uh, yeah. I wasn't laughing. Anyways, uh, yeah, <laughs> Fuck so, you, Dale. I was, I was uh, nodding. <laughs> Don't put that on me. <laughs> Fuck you, Dale. I was not. I was. Yeah. I was nodding. No, no. You were. No, you, you were saying. I'm nodding. Oh, am I excited? No, I was nodding. nodding. Dale. <laughs> God damn it! I will end this podcast. I will. I will come down there and. I will come down there and kick your ass, or at least try. Um, yeah, we'll bring your friends. You yeah, need them. yeah. Let's. Yeah, hey, me and Joe. Me and Joe will come down. 
Yeah, you can so, beat his birth. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. So, um, you know, where I was going with that was you know, that's how I got my doctorate, why I got it. Yeah. Um, and now it turns out it's actually one of the doctor. It's one of the degrees I actually use the most, uh-huh. and it has the greatest impact on people's lives and on my life. Um, and actually, I think it's the reason that. You know, at the age of, I'm literally almost 57 years old, and uh, it's the reason I'm still pretty, pretty spry, pretty young, mm. pretty, uh, you know, um, lucid, and uh, still, you know, functional. And so, um, it, I think it's because, you know, the, you know, having the knowledge of uh, alternative medicine and natural health. What all? What so, all? Yeah. What all did you learn? Um, basically, you it's, get it's, that. it's really a, it was counseling. Is learning how to counsel people to um, live a better life, healthier life, understand diet, nutrition, understand uh, not only that, what affects your way of thinking. Um, you know, for example, the metaphysical world. Mm-hmm. How does that come to play, right? Metaphysics, kinetic molecular theory, um, you know, all these other things that some people will roll their eyes, they go, oh, some kind of hocus pocus stuff. But uh, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. you know, these other, you know, what what is. Um, what is medicine? I mean, when we talk about medicine in the United States, we, we talk about allopathic medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk about conventional medicine, everybody wants to relate conventional medicine as allopathic medicine. But really, com- um, conventional medicine is um, conventional medicine is herbs yeah. and vitamins. It's, yeah. it, it's pre-1900 stuff, right? Oh, That's yeah. actually conventional All of our medicine. pharmaceuticals? All of our pharmaceuticals, yeah, we, we put them in orange bottles and put them in little caps, and we say this yeah. is me- modern medicine. It's yeah, all it's all, it's, it's all it's it, either it, it's either synthetic duplications of compounds that are found in fucking tree bark or flowers, it, or it is exactly. the ground up flower. That's all it is. We put it in an yeah, orange it, bottle, it, exactly. and a guy in a white coat yeah. gives it to us, and we call it modern. But that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, it's just derivatives from uh, natural substances. You know, they compound them. They add a, put an ad mixture in there. So it looks it's always different. They put a patent on it, yep. you know, and they sell for a bazillion yeah. dollars. And um, money, yeah. I'm, not knock, I'm not knocking allopathic medicine has its place, but, um, you know, I'm always first to try to go to the conventional route and try uh-huh. to do myself naturally rather than, you know, dropping a hand grenade in my system yeah. um, that, you know, to address one thing, but there's a lot of collateral damage as a result as well. Sure. And so, um, but anyways, uh, so going on, so that's kind of how I got started. And then, uh, so moving on with that my, my little story what yeah, happened yeah. was right after that I went to I went to Afghanistan with my newfound knowledge about about horses and uh, when I got over there the camp that I was stationed at we had we had nine horses we had nine horses I believe we had about 12 mules a couple donkeys right and we would actually use the the, the mules and the donkeys to carry wet, um, ammunition and supplies up the hills to some of the OPs right mm-hmm. and uh, we also use the horses for patrolling and things like that. And over in Afghanistan, okay, they don't believe in cutting the nuts off their their horses. They like stallions, some yeah. kind of bravado thing, right? It's yeah. Like you know, you, you can't have a you can't be riding a neutered male horse because that's kind of you know whatever. You gotta have an alpha. And so, yeah. was, and so, so the, everybody rides a stallion. Well, when the, you have a stallion that's got his balls still, they're not very user friendly, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, and they and they can be very aggressive. So I get over there, and I'm thinking, yeah, shit, you know, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. I'm trained, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm in full cow- cowboy mode, so I thought, yeah. well, hell, I'm just going to go down to the stables and tell my boys, hey, I want to I ride a horse, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, so the the uh, you know the guy down there managing the, the the corral, he's like, okay, and he goes and brings me. Uh, actually, he let me pick the horse I want. I kind of walked around. I saw this really cool black stallion, and I said, give me this black stallion. Yeah. I'll take that one right there, and we saddle them up. And uh, and there's saddles over there, by the way, are not leather saddles. They are wooden saddles. Oh, That's what they ride over there. Right? They're, they're really hard-ass wooden saddles, right? And so, and so he puts the old wooden saddle on there. You know, puts the, you know the steering mechanism on, i.e. the reins. Yeah. And um, you know, senses everything down. And they get the, he goes, "There you go, brother." And I said, "Cool." And so I got on the horse, and he was actually really nice. You know, we had a nice little conversation yeah. before we went out the <laughs> went out the corral, and uh, everything was going really good, man. I was feeling really good. I was like, yeah, man, all my training is paying off. Look, you know, this yeah. big black stallion. You know, he's being obedient. We we go out and we're riding down the road just a little bit, and then I look back, and that stable hand decided he wanted to go for a ride with me, so he loads up one of these stallions. And he comes out. Well, as soon as he did that, it was game on, oh, man. Fuck. These two, these two horses were like, oh no, no, not no, but hell no. And and 
as soon as he read, they wanted to fight, right? They wanted to just start fighting. Now, he was carrying a baton, right? That's mm -hmm. they carry they carry these sticks over there, right? Yeah. They call them obedience sticks. <laughs> I didn't have one of those. Uh, he had it, but I didn't have it, right? And uh, I actually didn't need it until he showed up. And then uh, as soon as that happened, you know, both horses started racing, right? I mean, and I, I was like, okay, I'm hitting the brakes. I'm doing everything I was trained to do, and nothing's happening, man. This thing is like on, you know, cruise control, and it takes off, man. It's running across the desert. The other, he stops his horse, right? You know, yeah. he's got the, you know, he's got the obedience stick yeah. to control it. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, his horse complied, but mine was like not having it, man. So he runs up this hill, up the OP, quite a ways, and I run through the OP, right, the base camp. We got all the Afghans up there with machine guns, you know, Overwatch positions, and they got all the laundry hanging out, right, and the clothes lines. And I'm coming through to them with my hair on fire, right? And I can't stop this horse. And there's Afghans running for their lives. Like, holy shit, you know, there's a white guy coming in here on a black horse. And I'm running through the laundry lines and stuff, clothing that over me and stuff, you know? Behold, the pale winter. horse. Yeah, and we finally, hit the, we finally hit the end of the OP, and the horse, like, realized he got nowhere else to go. So he throws a U-turn and kicks the gas again and goes flying back out the OP, right? And uh, I'm, I'm wanting to get off, but we're just moving way too fast, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going for the ride. So yeah. we go down this hill. Uh, and it's and over there. It's just rocks everywhere, big ass rocks everywhere. Yeah. And uh, he's just running full tilt down the hill. I know he's going. He's going back to the stable, and um, and but he's moving like at full full speed. And I'm hanging on for dear life. Like, I'm not very. I'm like I had a week's worth of training on horses, but I am yeah. like no way am I. You know, I, mean, I sort of can't ride a racehorse. Yeah. And uh, and I'm hanging on for dear life. I'm re I'm reining him in, man. I'm actually you know when. Like sometimes you got a horse a little out of control, you just grab the reins on one side, you pull his head all the way back to your knee. Sure. And usually that will kind of like stop him, right? Sure. No, he wouldn't have none of that, right? I'm reining him in, reining him, nothing's happening. I'm reining him back in the saddle. I'm, I'm even saying, hey, whoa, buddy. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, buddy. Whoa, whoa buddy. Whoa, whoa. So finally, so I just start punching him in the neck. You know, like, <laughs> stop. And my foot started slipping out of one of the. Uh, um, out of uh, one of the stirrups and uh because you know just to spin yeah, and yeah. you know the shit's going crazy uh, yeah shit. And my leg comes my foot comes out of the stirrup and i fall off the horse right and i'm on the other side on the my, on the right side of the horse being dragged by my right leg <laughs> over these rocks down this mountain and uh i'm shitting a break now yeah my mom didn't raise a fool right yeah and uh so before i went out there i had my holster on with a nine millimeter glock of course just in case things go south right i'm ready for it my tranquilizer yeah. <laughs> and so sure enough man as soon as i hit the ground i couldn't get my foot out of that daggone stirrup i'm thinking man he's gonna kill me running yeah. me down this hill with these yeah. rocks you know and as i'm sliding i'm like jesus so you know poof, instinctively i go for the draw man poof, nine yeah. millimeter out boom boom first shot over the head miss shit, second shot you know, start start to pull the trigger. My leg came out of the stirrup. I'm going down the hill, so I didn't have to pop him. And uh, he just keeps on running, right? He makes it back to the to the uh, stables, and I'm laying there covered in dust and dirt and stuff and bleeding a little bit. I'm like, Holy hell, man! And uh, I put the put the weapon back in, and then the stable hand comes up on his horse. I got a white one, <clears throat> and um, you know he's like riding up to it, and he's kind of like you know digging a little, little bit, you know, and he's like. You know, here, take my horse. You can ride my horse. And I'm like, what? I said, no way. I said, you know what? I said, I'm done, man. I said, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Goes, no, 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 ride the horse. Like, he's insisting I ride the horse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so part of me was like, you know, I got to save face, right? It's like, yeah, you know, it's just that horse, right? Yeah. I can do this. So I say, okay, okay, give me a horse, right? Yeah. And, uh, so I get on the horse and I tell him, I said, give me, give me that tranquilizer. The thing you failed to issue me earlier, yes. that, that yes. stick, I want one of those. Give me the fucking <laughs> obedience stick. <laughs> and so, dude, I get on the horse. And as soon as I get on the horse, I think the horse just knew. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, maybe I still, you know, he realized I was really disheveled or whatever. But yeah. as soon as I get on, man, we just started doing like a 360 rotation as fast as we can. Go, <laughs> and they're like, go again. Whoa! <laughs> I hit the ground, and you know, and that, and that horse is gone too. I go, you know what? We're done. Fuck we're it. Done. Fuck horses. <laughs> we're done. I'm done. I'll walk. Give me a Humvee. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, don't you ever tell anybody what just what just happened here? So that was my my Afghan cowboy story. And uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I tell you what, I got a whole new respect for the power of a horse, man. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, it was uh, it was a it was a scary day, but uh, you know, thankfully all my friends didn't see me because I'd probably yeah. still be hearing about it today. So yeah. I went ahead and just I just went ahead and wrote in my book American Badass for yeah. everybody yeah. to enjoy. Yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah, no, dude, that's but that's what I love about your book, man. Is is like, is it's not. We talked about this in the first episode. Is it's not, you know, it's not, you know, 
I'm the badass. I'm the killer. You know, I'm the I'm the. There's definitely there some definitely some like badass. You know, going in on the choppers with the night vision goggles and the sniper. There's some definitely some badass stories. But then yeah, there's also like like you just said. There's just completely owning, just like man, I I fucked up, you know. You're just like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm getting, I'm, you know, I'm looking at my peers, I'm getting dragged along by my foot, shooting rounds over their head, and they're just like, who the fuck is this white guy? It's <laughs> just like, yeah, you know, like hey, oh, Afghan man. cowboy, yeah. And it's, but yeah, man, that's, but I think that's what makes your story so much better, is it's, <laughs> is it's people like me can relate to it because like, like we all, all every guy loves the. We love like the warrior story, you know, the night vision goggles, the silent sniper rifle, yeah. and those are awesome. There I was, yeah, yeah, there are, pins, yeah, you know, knee, taking dudes out yeah. with my K bar knife, yeah. you know, I'm knee the deep in dog shit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what? But yeah, but that's, that's what a, that's what you tell everybody. But you know, and like that's yeah, that's entertaining <laughs> and it's definitely great. But the thing is, is like I can relate to it more when like then the next story is like, yeah, you know, and then I'm getting getting dragged around by a horse like you know and it's like you know that, that that's what makes it more relatable because all of a sudden it's you like you know instead of being in control and yeah you know being delta force operator all of a sudden you're like i'm getting dragged along one foot shooting at this fucking horse i don't have the obedience stick everyone's laughing at me and i'm going don't tell anyone see someone like me or my friends we can relate that and go okay yeah no i know what it feels like to be a dumbass that's my daily life i'm like okay so it, yeah dude it brings you back down to earth because yeah you're right all the other stories there i was on top of mount everest just got off the phone with the president like yeah that's cool but they're a dime a dozen you never hear a navy seal or a delta force guy being like yeah man i got my ass handed, handed to me by a horse with fucking balls the size of baseballs you know that's what makes it beautiful, yeah. man. But that's also why you got to narrate your goddamn book and put it on Audible, Dale, because you can't get yeah, that. Re reading it's I, great. I, I, you gotta, you gotta do it. What better time to do it than now, man? Coronavirus. You're stuck at home. Go get, go grab, go grab a microphone. Go grab a microphone and just fucking read it. Just get it down, dude. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Maybe I can record it and then. Uh, yeah, I think I might be able to do something like that. Record it and then. You got all the time in the world. Yeah, Put it out like that. Yeah, that'd yeah. be easy. Well, just um, record it now, and then once you know, sh once the sky stops falling, yeah, you could you know actually have someone like go in and just dice it up into chapters. But why not? Yeah. So now I, I got to carve out some more hours a day. There, there are no more hours, so I might have to add a few more hours. Yeah. So well, twenty four, got... I'm gonna have to work on like thirty hour days. Yeah. But um, do, I mean, <laughs> what, what better time to do it than now, though? I mean, everything is shut. Yeah. The world is shut down. No, actually, there's a lot going on. Yeah. A lot. Um, you know, so I'm 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 working on my you know my business with uh joe teddy mm -hmm. and uh we're, we're developing that every day working on it developing it um along with my daughter my mm -hmm. oldest daughter um so that's you know in process and you know there's other stuff i'm working on as well plus i'm working out every day yeah uh, me and my roommate in here with our rubber bungee bands and uh whatever things we got to work out with doing pull-ups and push-ups and stuff hey, and man, uh, i've been doing push-ups in the driveway yeah you know just you <laughs> yeah. know well, I might as well take advantage of it. i'm spending a lot of time with my daughter here and yeah. i'm just kind of chilling out right now yeah. um but uh, i'm ready for this thing to end sooner yeah. than later so that yeah. uh, i get back back to bali to you know my so my i have a, so i also have uh kids over there they're not you know i mean they're not my biological kids yeah. but uh for all intents and purposes they really are my kids they yeah. think i'm their father anyways yeah um so you know i have a blended family over there with my wife and and you know i got family all over the place but uh um you know it, it is what it is man so the, you know, it's the life I have, but uh, I enjoy it, and I enjoy doing everything I'm doing, and I'm always looking for, you know, ways to, to develop business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people, you know, I always say, you know, when one door closes, another one opens, you know, and I look at this as another opportunity, you know, so, yeah. and I've actually put that on, out on social media today. It's like, look, you know what, you know, stop wasting your time, <clears throat> you know, playing games, you know, and, and, you know, whatever, you know, do something productive, and, you know, take this time to educate yourself. Get on the internet and learn stuff, man. Yeah. Whatever it is you think you might be interested in, but try to develop yourself personally and professionally, so that when you come out of the other end of the shit storm, you know, um, you know, you're you're ready up to go and, and engage something, you know, yeah. and, and move forward. Um, don't waste the time, man, because you only gonna get so much of it. And for some, you only maybe gonna get a few more hours. Some of you may get a few more years. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, I remember you know, listening in your, I believe it was the interview I, the, where I discovered you, was from an interview you did five or six years ago, and 
Yeah, by the way, you, you look exactly the same. I don't know how the fuck you haven't aged. You look exactly the same. Touche. Touche, yeah. Yeah. But but I remember you said you were like, you know, you're like I you remember playing video games and then you'd you know, you'd look at the yeah. clock and it's four in the morning and you're like, Fuck, where did all that time go? Exactly. So exactly, well when I heard man. that I decided to try something new. So like I love video games, but I don't. I don't play like games. I like to just find one. I like to find something where there is no game. You can just do like Grand Theft Auto. Just get in a car and drive around. For me, it yeah. just that's how I decompress at the end of the day. But yeah. what I started doing after listening to an interview with you talking about it's just wasted time. You're like find something to better yourself. That's why I like yeah, audiobooks so much. Is what I do now is I just mute the TV, and so I'm you know I'm running around shooting Nazis whatever, but I'm I'm listening to an audiobook on you know, the history of nuclear power or the history of, of coal power in England or the development of, uh, of the NSA in the 70s and 80s or the, the post 9-11 NSA or um, the history of the history of military operations on the space shuttle. Like, so that's what I do now is so now when I play, I have my cake and eat it too. I play video games, yeah. but I just mute it and I fucking learn. But that's why you got to put your book on Audible, man, is so all these yeah. jackasses like me can learn. Because <laughs> I'll do that. I, I, I'm a bet, I've been told that before. Um, you need, you know, it's, it's just that, man, my days are like literally just, I mean, so full. No, um, I know, believe you. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always working. I'm always doing business development stuff. I'm, you know, got a lot of things I'm always engaged in. Yeah. And uh, But the thing is, is you do it one time, and then it goes up on Audible, and then there's your revenue yeah. stream. You don't have to do it again. Yeah. It's not like you got to read it every time someone wants to hear it. Read it one time, yeah. and I mean, I don't know who you'd have to contact. I don't know. You know, I can help you look that shit up. But I mean, do it one time. So you could you yeah. could sit down and record your book in one day. You could do oh, that, yeah, could. and then oh, and yeah, then there, that's it. one day of work. Okay, that's one day that you have to kind of hustle a bunch of other shit. But then it goes up on Audible, and bam, there's your revenue stream. Yeah. You never have to touch it again. Come no, on, Dale. Right. Come uh, on, Dale. No. You're, you're the king of revenue streams. You gotta practice yeah, what you preach. No, you're right, man. And uh, again, I'm not making excuses, but uh, no, yeah. everything you gotta prioritize. You know your uh, your work. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, for me, it's you, you have no idea the level of work that I'm involved yeah. in. Yeah. I got so many irons in the fire, you. but uh, you know, and I have to weigh everything out. You know, I actually have to look at it like, okay, um, you know, what's the cost benefit analysis uh -huh. if I how much will how much will return will I get in if I put effort in this how much will I get back out sure, of it right sure. and so if it's if the payoff's not as high as it is on this then I'm going to focus on this Absolutely. for now and then when I have free time I can develop Absolutely. that so um so it's always a, you know you, I'm always strategizing and thinking in those kind of ways Absolutely. um with the end state being I need to be able to position myself so that um you know at least financially i'm in a better place and i'm always getting into a better place and that and also you know i have to time management i have to look at um you know i got to manage my priorities and you know i got to be able to dedicate time to kids family uh personal development professional development and i got to sure. be able to focus on you know business um business activities look i'm writing five books right now yeah um and so, I'm, I, well, I was writing five books. I had to hit the brakes for a minute, but uh, I'm just dying to get back into it and start writing. But uh, it's like I just cannot find the time. Um, like tonight, I've got coaching calls tonight, um, like late tonight, and because I've got to account for different time zones, you know, and I'm, I'm sure when I'm done after like an hour and a half, two hours, I'm like, uh, yeah. do I really want to write or do I want to get some port wine and drink yeah. a little bit yeah. and watch some TV and go yeah. to sleep, you yeah. know? Yeah, get a little relaxed. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I mean, you definitely got to find it. You definitely got to weigh it. Is it worth me putting time into it and recording it? So for what it's worth, I can tell you of the 58 episodes I've done, the episodes with you, the now two episodes with you that are uploaded, those are the two most watched videos in terms of views and total watch time so i mean but the thing is well there's a point of me saying that not just to flatter your ego but i mean that people are interested yeah no, i know that and, so you that, know, it, it is worth it it is worth it yeah no I, I've, I've gotten that quite a bit i've, I've heard from um others you know like software i had some of the highest ratings on software yeah. i had did several with them and, and I, look, i'm not bragging either i think the differentiator is what what what's the difference okay i got stories um and i just like to tell them the 
I just like to speak from the heart, man. Yeah. From the hip and just like I do here, yeah, right? Exactly. Just tell the story, exactly. Man. And uh, and so it seems to, it seems to work for me. So everything I do in life is like that. Even the books when I wrote it, if you read my book, American Badass, once you start reading, you go, man, that sounds just like Comstock speaking, you know? It, it, it does. So. It does. It feels. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like this meticulously. Like I got to craft this story. No. It, just, it feels like you're yeah. just sitting down, fucking talking with yeah. you. But that's why I love that's it. it. That's why I love wait, wait it. Read my other, wait, wait till you read the other books I'm getting ready to crank out, man. I got some great stories. I'll probably kind of, uh, in the subsequent next uh, uh, podcast, probably talk about a little bit Fuck about yeah. some, of these other, uh, yeah. some of these other things I've been doing post my military career. They're probably just, they're actually more exciting, I think, than what I did in the military. Um, and uh, every bit is dangerous. and Black and, uh, It's like some Jason Bourne shit, man. It's like, how and it's like, how, how do I get caught up in some of this stuff? And I'll be honest with you, I have no idea. It's like I just find myself in this weird place doing some weird shit, not not intending to do anything. Yeah. I'm there, you know, like, now I'm dealing with it, you know? You kind of have that um, moment where you look around it, and you're like, how did my life lead me to right here? Yeah, no, it's, it's actually very interesting, but uh, but it's exciting, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, the stories I have are really, I mean, it's exciting. It's like, wow. I mean, this is stuff that you, I mean, this is movie material. Exactly. Fact, that's why I that's why, what I put out. That's why you got Yeah, that's why you got to put it on Audible, man, because like I said, people are interested in your stories. The numbers do not yeah. lie. The YouTube analytics do not lie. People want to hear it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. So like, I'm amped. Like, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, you got to make sure there's no classified shit or anything. But yeah, I mean, dude, Dale, you've got stories at the ass. Yeah, there, there's nothing classified. Everything I'm telling you know, and, and I'm you know I'm pretty discreet because I have to yeah, protect certain names, uh, places, people's yeah. you know reputations, personalities, names, things like that. Even in the civilians, I've you know I've signed non-disclosure agreements. I've I've had involved myself with people that have done some really stupid, embarrassing things mm. and needed me to pull them out of the shit, you know. And like you know, please don't tell nobody, yeah. you know, you know, don't give them my name, you know. Yeah. But uh, um, anyways, those are uh, those are we'll talk about those later absolutely, on. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so today I just want to kind of leave you with all that and, and uh, anybody that's paying attention out there, if you're interested, you know, I've got, you know, my website, my Facebook page, I mean, um, and then I've got another Facebook page. We just stood up, me and Joe Ted, I call tier one uh, performance coaching. If you're interested in I any like kind him. of performance coaching, survival stuff, um, we've got an entire curriculum for that. Um, really cool stuff. We focus on what I call psychosomal engineering. And uh, it basically, it's a science behind, it's the science behind success and a science behind performance, you know? And so you go out there and you can hire, you know, if, if you've got a billion million dollars, you can hire Tony Robbins to tell you how to be Superman, but you'll never be Superman because yeah. he doesn't know how to be Superman either. He just got lucky in one area. Yeah. Um, we'll teach you how to be, you know, we'll teach you how to be the best you. You might not be Superman, but you'll be the best you can be okay. and, uh, and, and everything you do. So anyways, look me up, uh, tier one. Yeah, um, send me the links. I'll put them all. I'll put them in the top comment. I'll link them in the bottom. I'll put everything out there. It's just so it's right there, yeah. so people don't have to yeah, look it up. I, it's just right there. Okay, I'll send. I'll send. I'll send you links here in a minute. Yep. And um, and uh, you know, you know, come on, man. We're, I'm not super expensive, and uh, me and Joe, you know, we are actually very reasonable. We have to look at our demographics, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we want to we want to give a fair price for what we do, and uh, actually, you'll find it's more than fair. And I've never had a complaint. I have literally coached millionaires top one percent income earners to guys that are un unemployed uh, men women you name it i've you know construction workers to you know photographers i mean the whole range of yeah. um you know people out there and uh, everybody has something to learn and and uh bankers um you know teaching people how to build business etc cetera, etc cetera. so um I've got the I've got the skill set. I've got the experience to do that, and uh, I like teaching, like sharing it with people. Yeah. So, you know, get on the program, man. Be the better you. I'm here Hell to help yeah. you self actualize. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta get we gotta get you a, a headpiece so you can be like Tony Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> I got one. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that. It's like a pilot in an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Tony Robbins watches Dale Comstock videos. Yeah, you can quote yeah, that. That's right. <laughs> They've been bad dreaming about me at night. Exactly. I mean, what would have been like to be a Delta for Yeah. Sure. He'll never know. He'll never know. Dale Comstock. No, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I'm, I'll let you go. No, but I'm good. Do you got to go? Hi, man. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't want to cut you off. Yeah. That was like a, a lag, a lag oh, time. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, why is Dale just staring at me, smiling? Like, I'm like, why is his lips moving like in a kung fu movie, but nothing's coming out? Hachitata! Hachitata! 
Wuhan virus. Wuhan COVID nineteen. That's gonna get me banned. Racist son. Whatever. Fuck. That's what we do when some when they're like, "That's racist to say it's called the Chinese virus." I'm like, no one's ever fucking. No one's ever said shit about the West Nile virus. When's the last time you heard someone get a? Exactly. All day about this. Exactly. This is a liberal talking point. These idiots, man. You know what? And I like when they call me a racist, dude. That's the funniest shit. I've had people call me racist on Facebook. Don't even know. I go, really, dude? I mean, let me kind of enlighten you, man. And my ex-wife was black. I got two kids that are mixed race. Three kids, actually, are yeah, mixed race black. Indonesian, I, my yeah. ex-wife was Hispanic, Chinese. And my, my current wife's Indonesian. Yeah. You know, I can go on all day long about that crap, you know. And so... <laughs> you you're know, racist against yeah, white girls. You're racist, racist no, against I'm white girls. I'm just a realist, man. I'm, yeah, I'm just pragmatic, man. You know, it's like, I'm going to call it like I see it. Yeah. You may not like it, and you might want to, you know, assign it to a skin tone. Yeah. Um, it had nothing to do with skin tone, man. I, my, some of my best friends are black, you yeah. know. My best friends are... Actually, my two best friends are one is black and one is Hispanic. Both of them are from Sacramento, California. Went to high school together, joined the army together, and to this day, we're still best friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And always have been, always will be, you know. So, yeah, when you call me a racist, yeah, that's, that's always a cool, you know, that's always the fallback when they can't, you know, give a... You know, got nothing you know, else to say. Yeah. A, a logical argument about something is like, yeah, well, I, yeah just yeah, racist. Fuck you it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we just throw the racist yeah. hand yeah. 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 It's know? like pocket <laughs> sand. It's uh, racist. <laughs> just run away. Yeah, I got nothing else on him. Racist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dale. Hey, Godspeed, and um, yeah, let's set up. Let's uh, let's definitely set up the next one. I got guests for the next three days, but let's set one up. Uh, awesome. Let's set one up. All right, brother. Okay. All, all right, right, man. We'll Take care. Touch. Peace. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.